your trusted source for local breaking news and what to make of it all. It's Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning. Welcome back. Thank you for your company this morning on Newcastle Live. The budget wasn't anything fantastic for the hunter. There was nothing in there for affordable housing or how we are going to uh, to really take care of this increase in uh, in houses, in house prices, in rental prices. Rental prices have gone up on average by 30% in the last 12 months, and that is just horrific. Not to mention our house prices are through the roof, but there has been nothing announced. There's been no emergency housing. There's been no GP access funding. It just has been a horrible budget for real working people here in the Hunter. Great to have the infrastructure, great to have the big hydro plan and all of that money for that. But there was nothing for grassroots people. There was nothing for aged care. We had Viv Allenson on yesterday and she is just in despair over the situation with aged care. It's not a very good situation for anybody at all. Joining me on the line now from Canberra is Sharon Clayton, the federal member for Newcastle, who is also Labor Labor's Women's Budget head of the organisation for that. Good Lord, Tracy, get it together this morning. But she's presenting. <laughs> it's been one of those mornings, Sharon. It's, it's, it's wet. It's wet. The brain's a bit wet this morning. How are you? Good morning and, uh, and welcome. I'm terrific. Thanks, Tracy. And uh, thinking of um, all my beloved Novocastians up there battling crazy wind and rain and everything. So, um, yes, Canberra's uh, relatively calm in terms of weather uh, reports. In terms of weather, um, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Now a you, lot else is happening. Yeah. Now, you are the chair of Labor's Status of Women Committee. Um, you well. are making your response to the budget at about 10 o'clock today. How do you feel about the budget? Indeed. Well, you know, I think you really nailed it in the introduction. Um, it's all very well to do the jobs that government should do, and that's deliver big-ticket infrastructure projects, absolutely. But, you know, we've been almost a decade into this government now, still no vision of what that future looks like for Australia, no reckoning of the long-term structural problems and no purpose beyond the, you know, budget, I mean, the election, which we've got to call in the next two weeks. So, um, and I think it's that uh, not really reckoning with those long-term problems that makes, um, that really embeds a lot of the inequalities that we've already got and we're watching grow in Australia now. So um, it's, you know, I think if we hadn't learnt anything from the brave testimony of Brittany Higgins, Grace Tame, Saxon Mullen, many other um, extraordinary women, the marches for justice that uh, happened around the country descended here in Canberra, um, the Jenkins uh, reports into respect at work. Uh, you know, really, all we've had from government is being really, you know, a Prime Minister who seems incapable of understanding the moment mm. and then um, when he does seek to remedy it, you know, it's a political response rather than a response that seeks to address structural inequality. So, you know, what would Labor seek to be doing? What we, what do we want to do in this, in this budget? Well, you know, one of the great motivators for me right now is um, after nine years watching Australia's global um, gender equality kind of ranking plummet to an all-time low of 50th in the world when our closest neighbours in New Zealand are sitting at um, number four mm. in the world. And it makes me think, you know, why should we not aspire to be the best in Australia? We actually used to lead the world in so many areas of, um, 
of uh, gender. But now, uh, so if anyone ever says, you know, what difference does, you know, a national government make? I point exactly to that figure now and just say, well, you know, that's what happened in nine years. We went from 12th position in the world to 50th. So, um, so national governments can make a difference, and that's what Labor's focus is uh, very much on. We've looked at this budget. We go, well, it's not delivering cheaper childcare in the way we want to see this delivered to working uh, parents. Um, you know, we need to. We think there should be an independent economic security task force for women, so mm-hmm. making sure that government's getting very smart targeted kind of advice about investments and that should be happening from our very first budget onwards. Which um, is quite, um, it's it's being done by New South Wales, isn't it? But our federal government can't do it. It's appalling. And they've, they've you know, virtually um, rendered the Office of Women sort of, you know, ineffective. I mean, it used to be a, an office that um, could deliver advice, but it sits within Prime Minister and Cabinet and I'm, you know, women's groups tell me they can't even get to meet them now. So I don't know what's happening there, but it's not um, serving the purpose that it should. And um, and I think if we've got to, you know, remedy this gender um, gap at work. Mm. I mean, we have to try and close that pay gap because it's increasing for, you know, the government likes this public rhetoric that they're closing the gap, but it's actually not the case for lower and middle-income women workers. So, you know, you were talking about Viv Allenson yesterday. Those women working in the aged care sector, for example, are, you know, paid at appalling rates. You are going to get, you know, $5 an hour more packing shelves at Woolies than you're going to get looking after, you know, my parents, your parents, and the people that you love in our community. That's wrong. And... You know, national, you know, Labor's um, statement really um, also speaks to this issue around women's safety. Um, And this government is putting money into women's safety, but we know the money they invested in the last budget didn't hit our frontline services. So, um, you know, they need, we need hundreds of more frontline workers to better support women in crisis all around the country. We should be investing in that. We need housing for women and children fleeing violence, not just emergency housing, but right through to permanent safe forms of housing. Um, and, you know, why aren't we teaching consent and respectful relationships education to help break the, the cycle? You know, that's an important part of the mm. prevention element. You know, why don't we have paid domestic violence leave to help women remain connected to their workplace when they need to, um, uh, when they're fleeing violence and needing to re-establish their life? And seriously, you know, we need to take genuine action to stop sexual harassment at work. We've got the Respect at Work report. Um, We've got to implement all the recommendations, not just the easy ones to do, like this government. You know, when they gave us the bill to pass um, uh, late last year, they squibbed on half the recommendations they said they were going to implement. So they are the challenges. They are just some of the challenges Mm. ahead. Um, And I think... Really, the lesson I've learnt um, over the last um, nine years of sitting in opposition is that really is time that women want their voices to be taken seriously. They don't, um, you know, we're not a political problem to be managed. Um, we're not, you know, a group of people that you should be trying to silence. Um, and for vo- our voices from millions and millions of women around mm. the country need to be taken seriously and they need to have action. I mean, I think 
Um, the frustration that uh, Grace Tame and Brittany Higgins made clear in the National Press Club is like, you know, words are cheap. Mm. If you don't start showing genuine and lasting reforms and acting to make women's lives better, then people are going to mark you down. And I think that's what will happen with um, Mr Morrison. I just think that time and time again when he was asked to stand up as our Prime Minister and show leadership, he failed us. He failed us terribly. Um, and so, you know, we would say that this um, this budget, um, every budget that, be, that comes down from government should go through a rigorous gender-responsive budgeting process um, and not just some tack-on statement at the end of it. Um, that's certainly... That's what Labor instituted with uh, Susan Ryan when she introduced the world's first mm. gender-responsive budget um, back in 1984. And it's tragic. <sighs> you know, Australia used to lead the way there, and we don't do that anymore. So no, we don't. There are we less don't. important lessons from the past mm. that we should remember. So obviously come uh, either, either May 8, uh, May, uh, May 15 or May 22, we could have a, uh, obviously a, a new prime minister in this country. Sharon, what would be the first thing that you'd be going to Anthony Albanese and saying, you know, as the chair of Labor's uh, Status of Women Committee, what are you saying to him is the most important thing? Well, absolutely, we'll be um, ensuring a gender lens on every single policy that goes through government. So it's a, um, a process where we do a gender impact assessment on every relevant cabinet submission and policy direction. So you're making sure that um, we are very clear about how our policies uh, and, you know, any change to laws impact on women and gender equality objectives. Um, I would absolutely be implementing all the recommendations mm. of the Jenkins uh, report so that we have safe workplaces for women to be. And, you know, it's really a safe workplace, a safe place to live, fair and equal pay, access to quality education and a justice system that works for survivors, that should not be too much to ask in 2022. No, it, it really shouldn't. Um, yep. Now, it, it's all... Uh it's all about equality, isn't it? I, I was up at the march on, on Tuesday and a gentleman got up and uh, got the microphone and uh, basically um, sat down as he was talking, disrespect number one. Number two, he decided to talk about, you know, violence against men, all of that. What people don't get is that it's about equality, that violence against men is as important as violence against women. The number of violence against women and the number of deaths that are coming is where the inequality is sitting. That's the issue. And putting this gender lens across everything, it's about equality. It's not about putting women in, in front. It's about giving us equality. Absolutely. And it's making sure that when governments make laws, um, that they are they are mindful of these issues. The L, you know, there is nothing that is gender neutral about legislation or, um, or budgets. The way governments choose to collect and spend revenue have differential impacts for men and women sometimes. And uh, we need to know that sometimes that might be intentional mm. um, or if it's an unintended consequence, you've got to think about, well, are there ways that you can um, compensate for that? Mm. You know, or, uh, so, you know, it is just, um, it is a nonsense to think that uh, the way in which government behaves, you know, doesn't have different kinds of implications for men and women. But you're right. I mean, when it comes to um, issues of safety, 
One of the key drivers um, behind uh, gendered violence is uh, is inequality. We've got plenty of research to tell us that now. Um, we've um, got decades of it, in fact. And it is about addressing those structural inequalities uh, that continue to exist. Uh, you know, it's all very well to tell someone to have respect, but I think we've got to drive really serious cultural change, and that requires our laws to go in that way as well. Um, and then the hard yards, the hard work is actually, you know, making sure that we are um, teaching those things from day one um, so that both our boys and girls are growing up in environments where they do feel safe, where they are have um, respect for each other and where the idea of engaging in a gendered form of violence is unimaginable. Mm. That's where we want to be. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's, uh, I'm very lucky. It's where my 14-year-old sits. You know, she doesn't see race, gender. She doesn't see any of that. And, and we need that to continue right through into adulthood. And we don't need them to be bashed down by a system that doesn't believe in equality. And, and that's the big thing. Look, best of luck today. I know you've got a big day Thank ahead. You. Not only do you have your, uh, your statement going out this morning, you've also got uh, a budget reply speech and you've also got... Uh, Vladimir Zelensky addressing you all. It's going to be a busy day in Parliament today. It's a massive day, full of important uh, mm. important matters. Um, I spoke on Ukraine last night, and I'm very much looking forward to um, uh, being there for the address with President Zelensky. Um, but, yeah, it's a big day for uh, for the Labor Party in terms of our response to budget, and, um, you know, we'll be mapping out our values um, and the uh, priorities for a future Labor government if we're successful in May. Have a good day. It's going to be a very emotional one for you. There's no doubt about that. Stay safe down there and uh, and we'll try and batten down the hatches up here. And stay safe in Newcastle, everyone. I'll definitely I'll be home tomorrow, but, um, yeah, stay safe. I know it's a tough time. It is. You uh, You have a good day today. Bye now. Thanks, bye. That is Sharon Clayton, uh, who is the federal member for Newcastle, and she is today putting forward the statement of uh, basically of response to the federal government's budget around women. Sharon is the chair of the Labor Status of Women Committee and uh, quite impressive lady. She uh, She's doing a good job for us down there in, uh, in Canberra and in particular around women around Australia, not only here in the Hunter, but around Australia. You are Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. With over nine decades of combined media experience, Tracy Mack and Michael Blaxland bring you a smart, fast-paced morning of news and entertainment with special guests and major newsmakers for your morning fix. Join Tracy Mack for Newcastle in the Morning, weekdays from nine, only on Newcastle Live.